0: It really got started because of a lot of pain, physical pain that I was in. Uh, my lower back just has started hurting to the point where I couldn't get out of bed for a couple of weeks. That was almost two weeks, I think. I was in so much excruciating pain.
1: Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews real people about their fitness journeys. That was Urgena S. coming to us from her home in Tempe, Arizona. And this is your host Brie Outside recording from my apartment in Mesa, Arizona. In today's episode of Part-Time Athletes, we're going to talk to Urgena about her journey from sedentary office worker to gym rat and personal trainer. So, Urgena and I met on Bumble via the friend finder. I don't know if how many of you are familiar with that feature of the app. It's not just for dating. Uh, we met at a coffee shop, and we bonded over our love for podcasts. Anything it's more? funny because
0: it's funny because I actually made you listen to that podcast because we were supposed to meet and talk about it, and then I only listened to like one episode and I actually never finished it.
1: I only, I think I listened to maybe two or three.
0: But yeah, it was actually fun meeting this way because it was the first time I've ever used online apps for friends and dating. I've never really used those before uh, that way, but I moved back to Arizona from Seattle a couple of years ago and realized that all of my old friends either moved away or we lost touch and I realized I didn't know anybody. So I decided to get on the app because I was busy as I was doing going to school and also working. So it was really hard to meet people uh, in real life.
1: Seattle, that's when you were a personal trainer, right? At some point when you were living in Seattle?
0: yeah um, that was the first time I started really taking fitness and um, exercise really seriously. I think before that I was kind of doing things on and off and there were some years where I just didn't do almost anything in um, Seattle was kind of a turning point, but it was really it really got started because of a lot of pain physical pain that I was in uh, my lower back just has started hurting to the point where I couldn't get out of bed for a couple of weeks. It was almost two weeks, I think. I was in so much excruciating pain. Um, and I went to a lot of doctors and chiropractors. And basically what happened is it was my first job out of college. And I started, I worked um, at Microsoft for five years. Um, so that was kind of my first job. And the first during the first year, I worked so much. And a lot of it was so sedentary. And so I think it was the first time I've spent that much time sitting in the chair you know, 10 to 12 plus hours a day. And I think my back muscles just, I don't I'm not sure exactly what happened to it. Um, I think it's just was straining and stress uh, on top of everything else. And there's a lot of kind of stress with my body, mental stress also manifests in my lower back. So I think it was a combination of sitting a lot and being stressed out. And that's when I realized that like, I stopped taking care of my body completely uh, for that first year when I started working. And I started going to chiropractors, physical therapists, and they all told me the same thing. They told me your glutes are weak and your back is weak. (laughs) You need to start working on that, and you shouldn't be um, sitting the whole time. The interesting thing is I got a standing desk, and I started standing the whole time, and it actually made matters worse. So then the doctors told me you should be actually moving continuously throughout the day, and not just standing doesn't replace, doesn't actually, it's not actually better than sitting all the time either. So... Then I decided that I needed to go get a personal trainer because I just didn't know what, how to strengthen my back. I mean, I did a couple of physical therapy exercises, but, you know, they would give you exercises. You do them uh, in the office, and then they tell you to go and do them at home, and you never do them at home. So <laughs> that was my experience. So I found a small boutique um, studio called Shine Fitness uh, in Bellevue, Washington. It was pretty close to my house. It was only five minutes away. And I started going to that place continuously and learning all the basic movement. And it was really fun because the way that they ran their personal training sessions were always in groups. So you had up to four people in your group and each one of you had your own workout and you had one trainer who kind of would go, you know, person to person to make sure you're doing everything correctly. So it was really fun because I started uh, working out with um, a couple of women early in the morning and we would come at 6 a.m. twice a week at the same time, four of us, and it just created a really fun experience to lift weights together and learn about this together. And that's at that point when I realized I'm actually good at lifting weights. And I started learning more about it, just observing classes, trying to understand what each exercise does because I kind of wanted to keep doing this on my own because I didn't want to keep paying for personal training because it can get expensive. I think I was paying close to $200 a month Um, I think to have one or two personal training sessions and then they had kind of hit uh, high intensity interval training classes as well. So I would come to those a couple times a week, do some uh, weightlifting and at that point my back pain is basically gone. Um, So that's I think. Let's back
1: up for a second. Yes. So how did you decide on that place to do your personal training, or How did you find a personal trainer? I think
0: I just started looking at personal training facilities around me and that one was actually the closest it was literally like five minutes away and that was the closest gym I could find and we had like a really really giant Microsoft uh, gym pretty close to my house as well but it was really expensive just to join the gym itself was $200 a month plus on top of it you had to pay for personal training as well and I just I mean I was making really good money at the time but it just felt kind of wasteful to spend so much money and. Um I went on the Shine Fitness website and actually oh I remember why I decided on it. What happened is um I met this girl at Microsoft who actually was also from Arizona. And when I went to Shine Fitness to check out the studio, they had a the testimonial book and she was in the book. And it was crazy because I've kind of known her in her after picture and I got to see her before picture and she lost a lot of weight and she always seemed so confident and like I really I really just kind of, was she was someone I kind of looked up to because she was a couple of years, she joined Microsoft a couple of years before after graduating from A.U., so it's pretty cool to like meet someone like that. Um, And when I saw her in the testimonial book, I was like, okay, I'm sold, I'm going to try. And I started going a couple of times a month. And after the first month, um, I kind of started evaluating, do I want to stay here? Do I not want to stay here? And the owner was actually very interesting. She's a really good salesperson. Um, She really kind of sold me on you know, how they were going to really work with me to improve even more. Because I think the first few months, I've made a lot of progress. Like, it's very common, I think, in uh, weightlifting for beginners to, like, see very, like, a lot of gains within the first few months. And it's something that, like, kind of exponentially goes up and then eventually it levels out. And then any gains afterwards are really difficult. So it's kind of interesting because you get really roped in with that initial improvement. Um, and how quickly they happen usually for, for newbies. So she kind of got me really excited to stay and try to improve and work on it. And there were a couple of personal trainers that I really enjoyed working with. So it's kind of hard leaving the community also once I started working out. It was fun seeing the same people all the time, kind of having fun trainers. And the place was really small, so it kind of became like a second, um, like a second home in some way.
1: So then where did you bridge the gap between getting trained by a personal trainer, and then becoming one yourself?
0: So the interesting thing is, I started, at the time I was doing a lot of kind of soul searching around what I wanted to do, because what I went to school for, I wasn't really excited about what I was doing at work at the time, I wasn't currently excited about. So I started kind of doing a lot of, um, I don't know if you read the book called What Color Is Your Parachute? There's a couple of books like that that kind of help you figure out your strengths and what you could be doing how your strengths can funnel into a specific career. And interestingly, almost every time I would take a test like that or read about it, it actually told me that I need to work with people. And um, some of the jobs that were listed were some jobs in medical, prof- medical profession as well as like fitness trainers, coaches. And I started also thinking, one of the questions that they asked is like, think back to your early childhood and try to remember what you did when you were a, ch- when you were a child that you enjoyed and i think the light bulb kind of hit at that point when i realized when i was i would say like 7 8 years old maybe younger my brother was only a year younger than me i would uh come up with a list of exercises and then like train him at home and he, he was always out of shape and like as a kid he was always very chubby and like no way kind of he just put up with it <laughs> he just he he put up with a lot of things being i, I was always kind of a bully uh that forced him to do everything like he didn't want to do, and exercise it was just one of those things, and I remember really enjoying it and and I think at that point, kind of remembering like going through that act act of figuring out my strengths and what careers I can apply this to on top of like thinking of what I enjoyed when I was a child, and I was always kind of commandeering like I was always telling my brother what to do, and then I always. <laughs> was kind of a leader in a pack of children who had played like in a play in a playground and I would kind of enjoy kind of leading them through like games or setting up obstacle courses and so all of those experiences I thought like ooh, I could apply that and use it in the personal training job and so I started talking with the owner of the gym a little bit because I at that point I really started learning a lot about exercises and even like adjusting like um, my own workout routines about what I wanted and then I started talking to her about whether she would be willing to like kind of mentor me and maybe give me like a unpaid internship at the gym and she kind of saw my enthusiasm and how much I you know in general had like a really good relationship with the trainers and the clients and she was like well I mean you can maybe start teaching some classes or co-teach with the other trainers and you can maybe start teaching those uh, high-intensity interval training classes because those were not really personal training. It would be like a really big group, and you just have to set up like really fun um, stations for them so that they can exercise like either in groups or in pairs together. And I've always kind of enjoyed like leading fun exercise classes like that. So at that point, I started kind of observing and shadowing and helping other personal trainers work for a few months, and then I started teaching little by little um, the high intensity interval classes that they offered. And then I finally decided I wanted to get certified because I really enjoyed it. So I went and got a NASA certification. Um so I went, took the test, passed it, and then I was feeling more comfortable actually training my own clients. Uh, I was with them for I think over a year, maybe longer, actually. Uh but it was diff- very difficult because I had a full time job on top of personal training job. And but I really actually enjoyed doing both because I felt like Uh, in my personal training job, I really got everything I never got from any of the other jobs I've ever had, which is like that human interaction, like talking to people, actually understanding what their, you know, what their issues are. Like, in some way, it almost felt like coaching sometimes as well. But yeah, it was really fun.
1: And then when did you get out of it?
0: Training or working?
1: Working. Working as a personal trainer.
0: Okay. Um, I worked for I would say like a year and a half, maybe, maybe less than that. And I started getting out of it because um, there there were some staffing issues at the gym. And so I ended up picking up a lot of shifts. So sometimes I would get like last minute calls and, you know, we had 5.30 a.m. class to teach. And so I would have to like wake up at, you know, 4.45, get dressed, get to the gyms because I had to get there a little bit earlier before everybody else. And it, it just started being really draining on top of my job that I was doing. Um, at Microsoft as well. And I I also just got to the point where I really felt pretty comfortable training, writing my own programs and training myself. And I didn't necessarily see to being a personal trainer full-time. So I also started kind of looking into jobs in the wearable tech. So uh, Microsoft used to have a device similar to Fitbit called Microsoft Band. And I started kind of looking into those teams at Microsoft and trying to figure out if it was the right fit because I felt like I had at that point like a fitness experience and I um, I had the tech experience that they wanted. And unfortunately, Microsoft disbanded both Microsoft Band 1 and 2, the whole department, as well as Xbox Fitness that they had. Xbox Fitness is actually pretty fun. You basically had the Connect which would be able to, like, see your whole body and know whether you're doing exercises correctly. Um, and it would, like, take you through different workouts. Uh, but unfortunately, they, they discontinued both of them. So there went my dream of working in, like, fitness technology company.
1: That's too bad. I think I remember that. And now, you know, everyone likes to do the wee Fit. So it's kind of too bad they discontinued that.
0: Well, I think it would have been a huge hit right now during quarantine. Yeah, you know? for sure. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely use it in workout.
1: What advice do you have for anyone that's looking to become a personal trainer?
0: I think you have to consider why you're doing it and whether that's really something you're going to enjoy and and feel good about every time you're doing a job. I've had a lot of conversations with gym owners um, and personal trainers, and I've met some personal trainers who don't really have any ambition of becoming a gym owner. They just want to train clients. That's their whole thing. They enjoy the uh, social interactions. They enjoy kind of more of that empathetic type work that they get to do with the clients. And then I met the gym owner who used to be a personal trainer and she loves owning a business. So And because she enjoys working with other personal trainers coming up, she would do a lot of really fun things. She would do monthly challenges. Uh, She would hold nutrition talks. I really actually enjoyed how much more I got out of even working as well as being a client there, because she went beyond just personal training. So they work. We did some uh, seminars on kind of your mindset, nutrition, as I said, um, and just really fun challenges. So one time we actually did a, um, forgot what it was called. I think it was called like a fit into your old jeans challenge, and you, I think it was a sixty day challenge, and everybody like really tried so hard to like attend all the workouts, like eat well, and then at the end. She rolled out, like, a red carpet across um, her whole gym and had, like, a really beautiful backdrop made which said Shine Fitness everywhere in, like, her colors, which her colors were really cute. It was, like, really bright blue and bright yellow colors together. Um, so at the end, when everybody finished um, the challenge, we did, like, a kind of a red carpet walk. So everybody got their certificate that they finished the challenge, and then we did, they did a the walk in their old jeans that now, now they were able to fit into. So it was, it was just, I thought it was really, I think if you're a gym owner, you can come up with some really creative way to like engage and create community. And so it depends on exactly if you like working with people one-on-one, maybe personal training is the best thing. Uh, I personally enjoy small groups or one-on-one. I actually don't enjoy teaching uh, group classes. And so that's something I knew. I kind of knew that already. And then when I did try teaching a hit class, I realized, okay, I enjoy it sometimes, but after a while it kind of becomes a drag. If you enjoy bringing kind of communities of people together, you know maybe you create like fitness groups and I think at the end of the day, when people feel like they're accountable not only to you as a trainer but also to like other people that they are coming with, you can really create like a good a good group good consistent group um so if you like doing that, maybe it's better for you to be like a group group fitness instructor or a gym owner um or in some way like engage like larger groups of people that you can help organize.
1: So you've talked a lot about what you liked about being a personal trainer, and that's working with people and getting to help them with their problems. But what's something or what, what do you think the challenges are of being a personal trainer? Like, what did you struggle with in terms of working with people? I know you mentioned um, the gym schedule was getting to be a little bit too much, but what else?
0: I think you have to be willing to work with many different kinds of people. I, I mean, I'm one of the people, I think I get along with a lot of people really well. Um, there's very few people that I think I, I can't get along with. Um, but sometimes, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you just meet a client and you know that it's not a good match. I mean, I've had a few clients leave me and switch to different trainers because we just were not a good match. And, um, and it was really good how our gym owner handled it as well. Um, so she made sure that, you know, they found the right fit. I think that's it. the other interesting thing. I used to train a lot of people from Microsoft and, and, you know, we would start talking about it and our whole gym session would turn into like bitching about our jobs, you know, <laughs> versus, you know, actually like training or working, you know, we were training, but around kind of as we we're training, we we're just talking about work, which is not, not that great. Um, but yeah, scheduling, as you mentioned was just difficult. As a trainer, you'd have to do like five thirty in the morning, 5.00 AM. And then, late nights. Sometimes I would train 5.30 in the morning clients and then I would be called in for like an 8 p.m. client and that was really brutal because if you have also some work that's going on in in the middle as well it's just really difficult to manage your personal life.
1: So now for the really fun part of the show I want you to tell me and our fans your top three things that you can't live without. Don't think about it. It doesn't have to be practical. Obviously you get water and air. Uh, (laughs) So just your three favorite things that you wouldn't want to live without.
0: Number one, tea. I love tea. As a Russian, like, okay, in Russian culture, I feel like at least where I'm from, we have tea like five times a day, it feels like, maybe sometimes even longer. I remember one time I went to visit my grandmother um, during the summer a couple of years ago, and I went in, we, we arrived, she sat us down to drink tea, then we like took a break and just kind of hung out look at old pictures then she's like well let's take a break and have some tea so we had some tea and then we kind of went back and again everybody kind of hung out and talked and then she's like oh you guys are leaving let's sit down for another tea so it was like a two maybe three hour visit and a three hour visit we managed to drink tea three times and it's not just like just regular tea i mean it's like you have this nicely brewed tea but then you have a whole table full of kind of the little sandwiches and sweets and things like that. So it's pretty elaborate. It's kind of what you imagine, like kind of British tea parties, but like less sophisticated, like very Russian. Um, so yeah, tea is number one. Uh, number two, books, or just I guess reading. And it's funny that I, I say that, but I feel like I haven't been reading a lot lately. So it's kind of interesting. I've started like judging how well I'm doing mentally, I started judging it on how many books I've been reading. And usually when I'm like feeling good, I feel like I'm more relaxed and I can read more. And I start noticing if I get too stressed out, like I start like slacking on my book reading and um, not really enjoying it. But I like a lot of like sci-fi books. I'm also a recovering self-help books addict.
1: I'm the exact opposite of you. I'm like uh, a book a day keeps reality away. Like that's me (laughs) 100%. So the more I read, it's usually an indicator that I'm not doing okay.
0: Yeah, I kind of stopped. I stopped reading, you know, self help books because I think that was kind of the bulk of my reading at the time. Um, I started really heavily reading self help books, like after I graduated from college, and um, I just realized over the course of the last like seven years that how unhealthy they are for my my, for my own personal well being. Um, Because I started I started really kind of detaching. I know you talked about me as being a gym rat, but I've kind of really I really stopped being a gym rat in the last two years to really help with my mental health because I was getting to the point where it became like a weird obsession and almost an addiction. And when I didn't get it, I would feel bad. And, you know, there are like a million different addictions that are way worse than being addicted to going to the gym. Uh, But I just, it didn't feel good. You know, like I wasn't like exercising for the fun of it anymore. I felt like I was just like going and trying to like lose weight. So I kind of started on the track and maybe it's a whole different conversation that we can have, but I threw away my scale. I stopped tracking my food. I stopped tracking like how often I go to the gym. I just kind of went when I felt like it, and it really was kind of a really life changing experience. And I think that's when I started really kind of detaching myself not only from the fitness industry as a whole, but also a kind of self help universe that's created and out there that I feel is for the most part kind of making a lot of people feel inadequate um, in their own skin and yeah
1: what's your thing number
0: three cats definitely cats um you know i don't anybody, even know why i asked no I one no one no, no one no one can see me right now but uh i'm wearing cat ears it's just i have like a little headband and i have actually two of them and i had three but the third one i cut out the ears and glued them on my bike helmet
1: all right athletes that's all the time we have for today's episode I want to say thanks again to Urgena for agreeing to be on the podcast. And I want to say thanks to you, the listener, for listening to this episode. I encourage you to visit the website, BreeOutside.com where you can find blog posts about my fitness journey and a link to my Instagram. And I'd also love for you to use the contact form there or to find me on Instagram and tell me about your fitness journey. Again, thanks for listening and I hope you listen again next week.